0: Well, good morning, everybody, uh, and welcome to Kerrang Baptist Church on live stream uh, again today. I'm Pastor Paul, and it's wonderful to be able to uh, welcome you wherever you might be, around the world, sitting in your lounge room, whatever it might be. I know for some it must be a very, very frustrating time, but I I think it's also a a great opportunity to connect with one another in a different way than if we are here live Uh, in church I was looking at that slide up on the screen there Uh, for some it's getting very frustrating can someone tell me what she's looking for Uh, she's got her mask on but unfortunately she's put it over her eyes as well but it is it's a a way in which we are able to uh, connect to each other Um, for those that we maybe haven't seen in a while it would be good to be able to connect to them in some form in some way I know that there are ones out there that are probably doing it really tough, uh, today and I understand that. Whether that be that you've lost work and therefore you've lost income or whatever it might be. Um, to others who have, uh, doing homeschooling again I feel for the teachers but not only the teachers but for the parents as well and the kids who are back at home uh, doing what they need to do so maybe just a phone call maybe a text or get onto Facebook and just say hey thinking of you at this particular moment I'm not sure if this will change what we're going through in the short term I'm not sure about that but, but I can say that we are living very much in a in a changing world, but what I can say is is that we must change if things are going to get better we 've got to change to coincide with what used to be normal is now different, and it becomes a, a new normal and I know there are some people out there who are who are really struggling with fear of what the possibilities are going to be or If I don't wear a mask, if I do wear a mask, if I go out, if I go here or whatever the case may be, and there's a real fear, but I want to say God says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I want to say folks, this situation that we're facing with COVID-19 hasn't taken God by surprise. He didn't just get up as we say one morning and say, oh, I didn't anticipate this. No, God knows everything that is going on. And he says, do not be afraid. And I am with you even to the ends of the earth. I love that verse in Isaiah where it says, even though you go through the waters, you shall not be drowned. Even though we go through the fire, it says, we will not be burned. Why? Because he's our God. He's the living God whom we serve and we have faith to trust and believe. I know as a leadership, we are standing with you and we are there to help. Uh, I'm ready of available, A leash for the young people, is readily available for those who need to reach out and we'll try to reach out to you as well. As a church family... Let us continue to do the right thing. That's the important thing. Let, let us, as a church, as a family of God, we need to be seen to be doing the right thing as well. And let's continue to pray. Let's can pray for our, our Premier Daniel Andrews. Whether we believe he's right or whether we believe he's wrong is not the issue. The Bible has said we need to pray for our leaders. So pray for Daniel Andrews and his, uh, his ones that he's working with. And also our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. He needs our prayers because we need to have decisions that are righteous. Because the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. So let's get into that and let's walk in that, in that, uh, line of righteousness. Before I, uh, I pray and get into our sermon this morning, I just want to make a special announcement this morning because as a church, uh, the eldership have uh, called a special meeting uh, to vote on Pastor Fred McGamby as our next interim pastor for the next uh, 12 months. Please be in prayer for Fred and his wife, Nancy, and the children, Jesse and Jerry that they too will continue to know that real call of God upon their lives. Uh, That meeting will be on August the 22nd after church. Whether it could be still in COVID, we're not sure at this stage, but if we are meeting, it'll be after church. If not, we'll be doing it via Zoom or something like that, depending on what uh, the restrictions are. So before we move into our Bible reading, let's pray. Father our God, we are living in unusual times at the moment. We don't understand uh, why this is happening and why that's happening. Sometimes we don't understand why the Premier has locked the entire state down and all those because of us living in regional areas. But Lord, we know that you are walking with us on this journey because sometimes we do feel like we're going through the waters and it's, it's getting above where we can swim, as it were. But Lord, you said that we will not be drowned. Sometimes we feel, Lord, that the heat has been turned up too much and we're just going to get burned up. But Lord, you said... Even though you go through the fires, you shall not be burned. So, Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you so much for the love that you pour out upon us. And we ask, Lord, that you will guide us as individuals, you'll you'll guide us as families, and even as the family of God, our God, that we will get through this time of shutdown because, Lord, we know that you are sustaining us. So be with our children as they study. Be with our parents, Lord, as they continue to help our children. Be with the teachers, Lord, of our schools as they seek to help the children through this time. And then, Lord, I pray uh, for those that are able to work, that you'll sustain them in that and help those ones, Lord, that are really struggling financially, even in other areas of life. Lord, we think of those ones that we have in hospital at the moment and we're not even allowed to go and visit them. Lord. Would you comfort them? Would you throw your arms around them and bless them at this time? So Lord, would your anointing be upon this service as we go through this time this morning? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verses 41 to 46. It'll be up on the screen, uh, but those, if you've got it on your phone or in your Bible or whatever, you might be able to do it. Uh, just feel free to do that. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a the sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and he looked. And said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud. It's as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, Go up and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Beautiful story. Some of you will know it well. Some of you may have never heard it before, but it's a great story of faith and, and of what God can do in the midst of things that are happening around us, whether it be COVID or, in this case, uh, for Elijah, a drought. Let me just read one more verse out of Mark, or two verses out of Mark, four thirty, starting at verse thirty. Then he said, "To what shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what parable?" Shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may rest under its shade. Great. Another great verse of faith. You know, it feels kind of uh, strange uh, for me anyway, that uh, I'll only be speaking over the next uh, couple of weeks, depending on COVID, of course. But my mind turned to, to a thought that I've been pondering now for, for some time. And that is, when is little enough? When really is little enough? Now, I, I may repeat some things over these next couple of weeks that I may have said over previous uh, months of, while I've been here. But I trust that you'll be able to pick up and to be able to uh, rest in some of those areas and ponder them and think them through that they're important. But firstly, today we want to look at Elijah, who only saw a small cloud, but by faith he believed for a storm. That's what we're going to look at today. But next time, you know, maybe next week or a couple of weeks' time, depending on whether in shutdown or not, I want to look at Elijah's successor, Elisha, who asked a widow who only had a small jar of oil to pour it into the jars that her sons had collected. You remember she went out and told them to collect all the jars and she started to fill them. The only time that the oil ran out was when they ran out of jars. I believe that to be so true in our lives, in our lives today. All we have to do is to exercise a small amount of faith that we have, just that small amount of faith we have, and start pouring it into other people's lives. The oil of his spirit will continue to flow in our lives as we continue to flow it into others. Could it be, and I just want to put this out there, could it be that when one generation allows God's house to become empty of oil, that the next generation pays the price? Is it possible? Could it be that we are in danger of losing our children to, to a world because we have rejected and neglected to show them the very power of God at work through us and even through the church? I think it's a challenge for us as a church. It's a challenge for us as individuals, whether we be in leadership or whether we be a parent, is to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through our lives into this next generation. As we've been talking about over a number of weeks, passing on the baton to our younger generation. So today I just want to look at this small cloud, which is found in 1 Kings 18 which I just read. I want you to notice in verse 43, it says, there's three words that I want you to look at. And those three words that that Elijah said to his servant, there's nothing. Or the the servant said to Elijah, I should say, there's nothing. In other words, I didn't see anything. You know, often I hear people in the church saying, I don't see anything happening. I've been coming to church and I don't see anything happening. Let me give you a small background of all of this because it's really important. Elijah and Israel find themselves in the midst of a three-and-a-half-year drought, which brought about Israel, was brought about by Israel's absolute disobedience to God. And they allowed and followed Jezebel and the God of, of Baal, a false god. They disobeyed God. And they followed after false gods. Isn't that interesting? So in the first part of chapter 18, we see that famous account of Elijah declaring with all those false prophets on top of Mount Carmel. It was a battle. It was not just a spiritual battle. It was a physical battle as well. And Elijah challenges the people in verse 21 where it says, how much longer are you going to waver? hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Completely silent. For those who don't know the story, the false prophets built an altar to their God and called for fire to consume the altar, but nothing happened. Let me just give you a bit of an aside here. The interesting part is one of the gods that they followed was the God of the sun. Baal was a part of a God of the sun. So you would think if the God of the sun was real, he would have just exploded down onto that onto that altar and and burnt it all up. But it didn't. You see, Yahweh, the true God, was the one that created the sun, not the false God. So we need to understand that. Then we find Elijah praying to Yahweh, the true and living God, who hears Elijah's prayer and sent fire to not only consume Elijah's altar, but he also consumed the false altar as well to the false God. Amazing story of victory. Now also understand that, that God had previously told Elijah that because of their unbelief in him and serving false gods, that it would, he would cause it not to rain for three and a half years. Okay. Now we pick up the story about when is little enough. Verse 41 says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. We're in the midst of a drought here, folks. you got to remember that. We're in the midst of a drought, and Elijah the prophet is saying, get ready, I'm, I, I believe in faith there's a mighty storm that's coming. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it, it talks about what is faith. It is the confident assurance that something that we want to happen is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. That's the hope that we have, folks. That's the hope of Christians have, that we have salvation. Jesus came and into our lives we're born again and we have a hope of eternity a hope of an eternity with Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the grace of God. That's the forgiveness of God that we have in our lives. That is the faith that we have placed within us. Church, hear the word of the Lord, even at KBC or wherever you might be live streaming this morning. It's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. I want to say that again, church. It's beginning to rain. This is what Elijah announced to his servant. He said, get up and tell me what you see. And the servant said, I see nothing. I see nothing. Now, I can already hear some saying, I don't see anything either. I want to tell you, it's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. This is when our faith has to kick in. Because we can look at our circumstances and I can, I can, I can't see anything. I can't see how anything is going to happen. In fact, it's working against something happening in my life. I can see a way out of my, I can't see even a way out of my, my circumstances and I can't really see what you, what you're saying, Lord. I can't see revival coming. But Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, Lord, by faith. Even if my faith is only the size of a mustard seed, I'm going to trust you, Lord. You know, I can imagine Ahab the servant saying to Elijah, but Elijah, it hasn't rained a drop in three and a half years. We haven't had any even dew on the ground. What are you talking about? You know, sometimes as Christians, we know what it's like to go through a drought. Come on, if you're honest, you know what it's like to go through a drought in your life. I know, I've been there myself. I understand it. I've prayed for a message from God and, and seemingly no message has been found. It's like it's just dried up. We know what it means to go to church and to, and to get into a rut and into a, into a routine. And there's no spontaneous praise and no spontaneous worship becomes a chore. There's no rain from heaven. You know, I believe that there are people in churches right across our nation who have never felt those goosebumps of being in the presence of a great move of the Holy Spirit. They've never had tears flow down their cheeks as being overcome by the, by the very presence of the Spirit of God. They've never been in an atmosphere where, where kind of heaven came down and, and embraced you. You know, when I was pastoring in Wodonga a couple of years ago, probably three years ago now as I think, I asked a group of Swahali Christians who started meeting in our church on a Sunday afternoon to come and sing for us in our, in our morning service. Plus, I asked the pastor if his wife could pray for us as a church. I want to say to you folks, I have never, ever been in a service where I felt heaven come down as she prayed out to God to come and fill our space, and he did. I'll never forget it. That's her up on the screen. Beautiful lady of God. But there are still people who have never been in a service, where people have run and and shouted and praised God through the, the absolute excitement of just being in the presence of Jesus. But now they just sit there. And leave the same way as what they came. Maybe there is someone listening to us right now on live stream, and you're thinking, That's me. That's me. You're talking about me and my life. Well, I haven't had any insight into that, but God has. God knows your circumstances. And I want to say to you this morning, he's listening to your cries. He's listening to your cries. Elijah knew an unmistakable truth that we must know. And that is that a drought has a beginning, but it has an end. It has an end. It won't always be dry. It won't always be be dusty and barren. All you farmers out there, you know that. You've been through the droughts. You know there's a beginning and you know there's an end to a drought. And sometimes it's difficult in the midst of that drought, but you know that there's an end coming and the rain will come. God has a rain front that is going to move into his house. God has moisture that is going to move into the building and permeate that which has been dusty and dry and that which is barren and desolate is going to bloom and it's going to blossom. you want to be a part of that? I want to tell you, church, the river of God is going to flow, but you need to get into the river. You need to get into the river. Don't be like what I was for many, many years, standing on the bank, getting everybody else into the river or trying to get them into the river, but standing on the bank. It wasn't until one day I decided it's time to step into the river, Paul. Greatest thing in my life. i want to tell you the wind of his spirit is going to blow through you and the presence of God is going to move in your drought. Only if you allow him to, though. And, Church, I want to say to you this morning, doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, God wants to move in your life. It's not just a matter of going to church on a Sunday. It's a matter of getting excited about Jesus, the hope that we have in him and what the Spirit of God can come and transform our lives into Jesus' image. There are droughts that come to us as individuals, but there are also droughts that come to us as a church. Oh, how many churches are in the drought? And sometimes we get accustomed to just being in a drought, but it's time to get out of the drought. The interesting part is, of course, that Elijah, who was the prophet, who, who before God called down this, this drought, went through the drought himself. So he wasn't just sitting on some, some little paradise island there in, in Israel saying, oh God, this is great, I've got all the grapes and I've got all the, all the fruit and I've got all the water, I've got everything I want. No, 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 no. He went through the drought himself just like everybody else did. And in 1 Kings 17 and verse 7, it tells us that the brook that he was living beside or camping beside dried up, totally dried up. And it said, then the ravens came and fed him. Can you imagine? Most of us who live in the regional area know what ravens are all about. Some of you will know what crows are all about. They're the same. They're scavengers. And if you're driving along in your car, they're, they're, on, they're on the roads trying to pick up those bits of meat or whatever it might be that have been run over. They're scavengers. And could you imagine these ravens going to this staff that have been killed and slaughtered or whatever, pinching some of the meat off them, holding it in their, in their beak and rolling it around and all with all the saliva, then coming to Elijah and saying, Here, Elijah. God's told me to feed you. And Elijah taking the meat and squishing it around and putting it in his mouth just to eat something. He went through the drought just like you and I did. But the one thing that Elijah realized, this is not the end. But there is an end coming to the drought. What am I trying to tell you this morning? is that you may be in a drought, your spiritual soul may be thirsty and dry, and maybe at times you may need to be fed by scavengers, by ravens. In other words, by people that you thought would never, ever help you. And all of a sudden you find they're dropping food at your front door. And they'll feed you. You may be barren spiritually, but there's a day on God's calendar and the wind from heaven is going to blow your way and the rain of heaven is going to flood your soul and your drought will be broken. He may very well be asking you, what do you see? What do you see? But in the middle of all of this, Elijah, the man of God, says, that he hears the sound of the abundance of rain. And do you know what he is saying? Right now there is nothing, but on the other side of nothing I hear something. Let me speak, I believe, prophetically to that, because on the other side of your nothing is God's miraculous something. Church, please hear me when I say this. When the devil says, I'm going to destroy you, you will die in this drought. There is something within you that's going to rise up and it's going to say, No, sir. No, sir. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain and I believe by faith it's going to rain again in my life. The devil hates it when you speak out in faith. He hates it with a passion because the Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, what happens sometimes in Christians' lives is we try to to resist the devil and we wonder why the devil overcomes us because we've stopped doing what is required of us in the first part of that, of that verse where it says what? Submit to God. We need to submit to God first. In other words, come humbly before God and say, God, I can't do this. I haven't got the strength to do this, but I know that you have. And when we submit to God, then we can resist the devil and we will see him flee from us. We've seen this in this past 36 hours. I have anyway. This is when you speak out in faith, folks, like I am coming out, devil. I'm coming up to you, God. God, you're going to deliver me, and I will praise you again and again and again and again. And that is the same for his church, even here at KBC. Well, yes, we may be scattered into homes at the moment, but I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do to us, we will still be able to praise him, we'll still be able to worship him, and praise God for technology today. We can even see it on live stream and whatever. So he's not getting his way, folks. Friends, hear me when I say this. If you hear nothing else than what I say this morning, please hear me when I say this. We need to stop listening to what the devil tells us that we are not and start listening to Jesus who's telling us who we really are. Remember, I said a few weeks ago, we are heirs of the Father. We're joint heirs with the Son. I'm a son of the living God. I'm a brother to Jesus. We're joint heirs. We're part of the family of God. Elijah said, it's not a sprinkle. It's not just a little shower, but it's the abundance of rain. In other words, the bottom of heaven, if you like, is going to fall out on your life. And according to the Bible, nobody heard the sound except the prophet, not even his servant. And in the New Testament, Jesus said to John in Revelation, he that has an ear, let him listen, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let us listen. What is God saying? What is God saying to you? What is God saying to the church? And that means for us here at KBC as well. What is God saying to us here at Kerrang Baptist Church that it's beginning to rain? For those who are listening this morning, for those of you who, who will put your ear to the ground, God is going to text something into your heart, into your spirit. He's going to let you know that the rain is coming, so we need to get ready. It's not much use walking out of your front door on a day that's got beautiful sunshine, and, but the forecast is saying it's going to rain, and you go out, oh, well, I'll be fine and not take your umbrella with you. And when it does rain, you'll be caught. We need to be ready. Right now it is building in the heavenlies. And at the appropriate time, it's going to rain on your life, rain on your situation, rain on your marriage, and rain on your family. And I'm believing and praying to rain on this church. And I believe the the appointment of Pastor Fred, if that's the way God wants us to go, will bring an element of the continuation of that reigning. Let me give you a word of encouragement to you intercessors who meet faithfully in your private closets or in your war room, whatever you may uh, be doing every week. God sees you as you put your ear to the ground because we we need someone to listen. God said, I will send it. So Elijah said to his servant, get ready. The rain is coming, prepare. Let me just have a glass of water here. I might be saying too much. That's my problem. But I believe, <clears throat> I believe it's a word for our church, folks. That's why I'm excited. And in verse 43, said Elijah tells his servant, "Go up and look." The servant comes back and says, "There's nothing." What did Elijah do? Did he pout? Did he kick the dirt? Did he go? He go ahead and kind of go into a. A tantrum or something like that? No, no, not of, no, of course he didn't. God had already told Elijah that he was going to send rain. Yet Elijah still had to pray seven times before he saw the cloud in the sky. Again he said to Ahab, go. He came back, I see nothing. Go again, I see nothing. Go again, I see nothing. Six times he got that same report. She said, I told you before, Elijah, there is nothing. The drought is going to continue. You know, sometimes we we read our Bibles and we, we study God's word and we pray. We come to church faithfully. We work for God. We even pay our tithes and our offerings, even though we may have to do it online these days. And yet the answer is still, I see nothing. Has it got better? No. Are you healed? No. Has the situation changed in your life? No. Not yet. But because you hold on in faith and you continually send faith to the hilltop of your difficulty, you know and you know because you know that there is a day coming that God will reach down from heaven itself and answer your prayer, your prayer, because you are a faith person, a faith person. Let me just ask the question on your faith. What do you see? What do you see? I see nothing. I don't see it. I don't hear it. I don't even smell it. Six times you send your faith up to the mountain, yet there is nothing. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So you send your faith up the mountain the seventh time. And now on the other side of nothing, there is something. There's something. On those first six times, the servant must have wondered, why in the world am I doing this? Why do I have to keep doing this? How long will it last? How many more times can I make that trip coming back and forth and with, with the disappointment again? I've asked God that question many times. And I, don't, I can honestly say I haven't got the answer to it for you. But the word of God does tell me that if I hold on to God, keep on climbing, keep on praying, keep on looking, that there will come a day when I will see a cloud. I will see the rain and this drought that I'm going through, that we are going through is going to end. The blessing of God will fall. That seventh time will come. Your seventh time will come. Your rain will fall. The clouds will gather. The wind will start to blow in your life, and the rain will fall upon you. That servant could testify to you today and tell you, six times did I go to that mountain and walk back empty-handed. But on the seventh, on the seventh time... God showed me a cloud. I saw the glory of God. I saw the presence of God. I saw what I needed to know, that God was about to move. But we need to hold on. We need to press in. We need to climb one more time because God's got a revelation. God's got an experience. God's got a blessing, and it's got your name on it. I remember a pastor saying one, <clears throat> one time a number of years ago now that when, when, he, when you get to heaven, God's got these huge big rooms of filing cabinets that's called blessings. And I remember him saying, God, show me mine. And he went up and he looked under the name of the pastor and he pulled it out and there was all these blessings lined up. And he said, God, why didn't you, why didn't you pour those blessings out on me? He said, you didn't want them. You didn't ask for them. It's blessings that God has <clears throat> for each of us with your name on it. And he wants to pour it out into your life. And finally, look what happened when they got to the other side of nothing. Elijah didn't send that servant to look again to see if the cloud had got even bigger or or whatever. Instead, God said to Tell Ahab, that's the servant, get out of here quick because it's on the way. And the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Elijah and and he outran the horses and the chariots back to Jezreel. Even even though uh, Ahab was in a chariot of horses and got off before Elijah did, he still outran him. How did he do that? The Spirit of God can do anything when he gets a hold of your life. When he gets a hold of your life, when the rain falls and the spirit of the Lord gets a hold on you, there is, there is no telling what can actually take place in your life. David said, by your spirit, have I ran through a troop and, and jumped over a wall? Can you imagine that? But when the spirit of God comes upon you, you'll be amazed what you can do. I've seen people who are scared and fearful all of a sudden become bold. I've seen people who make out how conservative they are become, what, what we would understand, irrational when the Spirit of God gets hold of them. But in God's, in God's sight, they're very rational. Lots of things can happen when the Spirit of God comes upon you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the rain to fall. I'm ready for the other side of nothing. I want to tell you, I'm starting to tune my ear more and more to heaven. And I believe I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. The drought is coming to an end. And my prayer is that God, God, send us rain. Send rain into this church. Send rain into this nation of ours that is becoming so ungodly and turning against you. Oh, I praise God that even this past week, the the motion to take out the Lord's Prayer in Parliament was squashed. Hallelujah. Because God's people prayed and believed. Church, we need to look by faith and understand that we need to keep on keeping on in prayer and believing that God can turn that little cloud into a mighty storm over Kareng, even over Gunnawara, the whole entire area and over your life. There's a chorus, that we, a song that we used to sing a number of years ago now, it's beginning to rain. Hear the words of the Father saying, whosoever will come and drink of this water, I promise to pour my spirit out on your sons and your daughters. If you're thirsty and dry, look up to the heavens, look up to the skies. It's beginning to rain. It's beginning to rain. Maybe today you're that person who's thirsty and dry. Thirsty and dry for a real move of God in your life. Remember the woman at the well? She was simply drawing water, physical water from the well. And Jesus comes along and enters into her life. And he said, I want to tell you something. That's lovely water. But the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. He wasn't saying, don't drink of this water out of the well. You need that to live. But what he is saying, there is something far better, far greater, is the, is the water that I will pour into your life through the Holy Spirit. But I've got to want that. I've got to want that. Is that you today? At you today? Do you long for a touch of the Spirit of God in your life today? Are you in a drought? A real drought? Then I want to say Jesus is coming to you. He wants to come to you right now, this morning, even in lockdown. You see, you can't lock him out. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you never sleep, you never go on holidays, you never lock down, you're always available 24-7. Whether it's in the middle of our nights or the middle of our days, you're, you're there. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You've encouraged us not to be afraid, even in the midst of the storm. And even though the disciples were scared when they were out on the boat and in the storm, you were sleeping peacefully, <laughs> so can we, even in the midst of the storm, because we know you're the one that can calm the storm. And so, Lord Jesus, I'm asking by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would come into people's drought this morning and bring the rain of your spirit. That, Lord, that you would come into people's circumstances this morning, even though we feel that we may have little, but, God, when we put it into your hands, we have so much. Lord, we may only see a little cloud but you can develop that into a mighty storm for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that maybe today there may be someone listening to us on live stream that we have never met before, have just happened to tap in, but you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about this morning. I want to encourage you today to invite Jesus into your life. You might say, well, pastor, I don't know how to do that. Well, it is so simple. That's the problem. It is so simple. All we have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I don't understand everything, but I believe I need you in my life. And I want you to come in. By faith, I'm asking you to come into my life to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me, to make me a brand new person on the inside. And I want to be a part of your family. And I want that rain of your spirit to come into my circumstances, into my life. Why don't you just pray that little prayer and ask Jesus to come into your life this morning. And he said, I will come in and I will fellowship with you. And I was talking to somebody the other day and it may simply be grab hold of a Bible and go to the New Testament and some Bibles have got everything that Jesus said in red. Read it. Read the parts of, that are in red. And then maybe after you've done that, go back and read the whole thing. But God will show you and God will develop you. If you can find a great church that's near you go to the church and ask the pastor or the the care workers there to help you through things like that and i know god will bless your life and pour the rain into your spirit and these things we ask in jesus wonderful name amen well it's been great to be able to share with you this morning even though we're in lockdown and all those types of things but i know god's got his way and we hope that you have a great week doing whatever you can do praising God, and let's uh, by faith believe the rain is coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. God, God bless you.